When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto, Bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. That's T E V R A pet.com. And by Dog TV, the first channel created to bring relaxing video and music for dogs. Online at dogtv.com. That's dogtv.com. Pause up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four Legged Life Show. Yep, I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, on our show today, the heat is definitely on this summer. I mean, for us, our cats, our dogs, rabbits, horses, all of us. Fortunately, we will be getting some cool tips from arguably one of the coolest veterinarians in the country. I'm talking about Dr. Peter Weinstein. He is the owner of Paw Consulting and so much more. His resume would fill this entire episode. And he's a really good guy. Would everyone please join me in giving a big welcome to Dr. Peter Weinstein. So glad you're on the show, Dr. Peter. Arden, thank you so much. We go way back, don't we? And uh, (laughs) I have really admired your representing the veterinary profession and representing pet health. So just thank you so much for all you do for all of our four-legged, two-winged, slithering family members. And you guys, uh, I have to tell you, this show airs on radio stations coast to coast. We love that we get more and more stations picking up our show. And we really appreciate that. And we have some big news, Dr. Peter. Um, Our show, Humbly, is only a year old. And we have won the category of Best Radio Show from the Dog Writers Association of America. Woof, woof. Congratulations. Hey, I didn't get a free car, but hey, I'll take the award. And it is because we have guests like you on our show. And I'm so glad our show airs coast to coast. And then it goes on YouTube. For those watching on YouTube, you may want to lower your screen because, uh, Dr. Peter, because you need to tell our radio listeners what's going on in your lap. This is Bruce. He is a French bulldog crossed with an Amstaff, crossed with something else. He's a con- We call him a dwarf because he's chondrodysplastic legs. He doesn't have the short nose. Hey, let's dive in. We're talking about the summer heat and caring for our pets. 
And uh, caring for our pets is not free. It's a big responsibility. And many people now have pets, especially since we climbed out of COVID. More and more people are seeing the power of the paw. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because as a veterinarian, I know things are expensive, but we're getting into the heat. Are there some ways uh, we can have some financial relief uh, that people may not be aware of? Well, I think um, I think it's important to recognize that your family do come with an expense. And whether that's the basic expense of food and housing or the basic care of vaccinations and spaying and neutering and deworming and flea control and everything else. So pets do come with a cost and, and we don't always as pet owners budget for that cost. So big advocate of insuring pets and I'm a big advocate of suggesting options such as care credit, a third party payment option because basic care, maybe you can handle. But if you get into a situation of hyperthermia, a dog that's yeah. overheating, uh, you get a, a dog that um, falls in the pool and starts to drown, these services from a veterinarian can get quite expensive. And if you aren't prepared for expense, we understand in, in doing research that even a $250 expense can be quite stressful for 25% of the population. And a $500 expense is, can be stressful for about 50% of the population. Well, we're talking about expenses that can run into easily into four digits and sometimes five, depending upon the severity of the condition. So not just preparing for summer, but situations that can occur as a result of having a pet, having a kid, just making sure you've got everything prepared. They're priceless, no doubt, right? They make us better humans. Um, I haven't won the lottery yet, but I liked it. I like that you shared that option. Now, we also want to talk about the heat because people may know about the dangers of hot cars, keeping cat dogs in cars. Even cracking the windows is not a good idea. I'm a master instructor in pet first aid, and I'm always teaching my students about heat-related tips but I'm so glad we have you on our show. Can you give us a few things that people may not be aware of that uh, like the dog's paws could get hot quickly? And what does heat do to a cat or a dog's body? I know they certainly don't have skin pores on their bodies like we do. They don't sweat like us. So give us some help. P pets will pant. That's how they thermoregulate. They also okay. trap uh, cool air underneath their coat. And so sometimes when we go and yeah. shave a pet protection from heat, you're actually not necessarily helping them because they you may not allow them to trap the cool air between their fur and their skin. That's so brachycephalics are flat-faced dogs. <laughs> yeah. the, the Frenchies, the pugs, the English bulldogs, even the boxers, have a much, 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 much harder time during heat and humidity thermoregulating, controlling their body temperature. The other thing is when you're running or even walking on cement, you have shoes on, but your pet's feet don't. And I have seen burnt paws because the cement and especially black tarmac radiates heat 
right through those feet. And now you you look at them and, and you, they've got those those pads. Well, those pads can burn. You try putting your hand on black tarmac in, in Austin, Texas right now, where it's like 108 degrees. And if you can't keep your hand there for five seconds, think about what your pet is feeling. Now like compound that. that with compound that with humidity, and all of a sudden you take a low risk situation and make it extremely high risk. So those are just a couple of examples. Now we have about a minute left before the break. I want people to know in my first aid class, I tell people never to put a pack of ice on a overheated dog. In fact, uh, Dr. Peter, you're going to love this. I say ice, ice, not nice, baby. So what is a better thing to do? Getting them out of the hot weather into the air conditioning and how about their paws? Why is cool water so much better to apply than ice? Well, first of all, cool water is going to slowly, it's not healthy to quickly adjust the temperature. We want to bring their temperature down slowly. And so right. you'll also, you could even use alcohol at times to help bring their temperature down because it evaporates quickly. Water evaporates ice does not. And so you want to slowly bring their temperature down if they're uh, hyperthermic. But I would strongly suggest that while you're doing that, you get them in the car and you get them to your local veterinarian, your urgent care, your emergency facility, because the sooner you, the sooner you start treating a hyperthermic pet, the most, the better the outcome will be. There's a tremendous amount of thing can do. And the sooner you start, the better the potential outcome. Hey, Pet Pals. We're speaking with Dr. Peter Weinstein. He is the owner of Paw Consulting, but he is so much more. Check out his resume. I mean, this guy's been to Cornell, Illinois, Redlands, on and on. And he's always trying to make life better for our pets. We're going to learn more about some things to keep it cool for our pets this summer after we take this break. You all know the drill. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I have a great friend. His name is Dr. Peter Weinstein, is there some special secret or a most important site you would want people to dash to after the show to learn more about you? No, I mean, my LinkedIn has probably got the, my, my LinkedIn is probably the resource with the most information on it. And really, I'm, I'm, I do a tremendous amount with the veterinary profession and, and as well as for pet owners too, but uh, I'm not out here to sell myself. I'm out here to help others become better pet owners or better veterinarians. Well, that's why you're on the show, because of your give back. And I've got to say, uh, this most recent Father's Day, can you share with everyone a proud papa moment? What happened to your daughter, Brooke? Oh, well, thank you, Arden. So Father's Day 2023, I had the... Um, very proud and amazing opportunity to be present as Dr. Brooke Weinstein was hooded 
as the next generation of as a veterinarian, you know what? Uh, to see your kid become what you have been, you know, I'm just, I, I'm lost for words. Now, again, where, what school did she get the DVM from? She went to Oregon State University in Corvallis, Oregon. Great school, great location, gorgeous up there. And uh, I had the opportunity to actually put her hood on as a veterinarian. And um, man, I'm uh, again, I'm I'm speechless because it just it just reflects my commitment to the profession as in my ability to have a second generation veterinarian. Well, I've never asked you this, Doctor Peter. What made you get into the field of veterinary medicine? <laughs> Good question. So my mom was a biology teacher. My dad was a CPA. I tried to work for him for a summer, and I didn't particularly like that. Okay. My grandfather on my mom's side was a general practitioner, the classic Marcus Welby, lived upstairs yeah. and saw clients downstairs growing up. I read James Harriet, All Creatures Great and Small, and I said, I'm not becoming a doctor for people. I want to become James Harriet. And that's what started me, you know, down this path. I love it. And getting back to some tips for the summer. I know you've talked about the sidewalk and we know about being uh, applying cool and not ice on an overheated on a pet that's getting too hot. But there are a lot of dogs who like to swim in a pool or a lake. Some lakes have currents. Can you give us some safety tips? Absolutely. Just because you can see dogs swimming doesn't mean they know how to swim or know how to swim back to shore. And pools are just as dangerous as lakes and bodies of water. So you need to make sure that your pool is protected during the summer because we've seen too many small breeds, especially flat-faced breeds as well, fall into a pool, can't get out, can't find their way to the side, end up drowning at the bottom of the pool. So we have to be cognizant about the pools. We've got to be cognizant about lakes because if you throw a, a stick out in the lake and ask the dog to get it, they don't always find their way back quite as easily. If you do the same thing in an ocean, they're going up against the tide as well. Be smart. If you're not yeah. going to have your kids out in the ocean, don't have your dog out in the ocean. If Absolutely. you're not going to let your kid in the lake without some sort of uh, somebody swimming with them, don't let your dog do the same thing. Just because it's a water dog doesn't mean it's a safe water dog. We have to work with them to build the stamina, to build the understanding, and to build the safety. They're not born with it. There's a little bit of nature, but there's a lot of nurture Safety first, for sure. And unfortunately, some dogs want to please us to the point of fatigue. Absolutely. I can't tell you how much these dogs will just want to make you happy. And now all of a sudden you've got an exhausted dog. Oh, and by the way, seawater is full of salt, oh, which is a yes. great way to get your dog to have a really upset GI tract. And when they're thirsty after having been playing in the ocean, going to drink seawater. And if you want to see some nasty vomiting and diarrhea, that's one way to have that happen as well. Yes, it's a pummeling the kidneys too. You're getting dehydrated. Years ago, I was part of the SoCal surf dog team. 
I actually had two surf dogs, Chipper and Cleo. We always put vest on them. Tell us about uh, safety tips, why there's no excuse, even in a pool, that a dog should not be in a vest or some sort of flotation device. Put the vest on, get them used to it, because even putting a harness on a dog, they're not used to it initially. So put the vest on, let them go in the water with it, take them out. This is all about behavioral training as well. So there is no excuse to have a pet drown except for not paying attention. And there is no excuse for a pet getting um, getting sick from drinking water. And by the way, stagnant water comes out of problems too. So when you see pools of water sitting around, so make sure you have water, make sure you have fresh water. That's a chance to rest between activities, especially just because they're in the water doesn't mean it's not hot outside when they're coming out of the water as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, we used to always bring big gallons of fresh water and we would rinse the coats of our dogs after they surfed so that we didn't have the salt uh, we didn't have the salt on their coats uh, when we got home sometimes at a beach you have places where you can actually rinse off your dogs easily and we would do that but you made a good point because people are, are going to lakes and they're going to go on trails and the dogs may get into contact with stagnant water with parasites I call that caca. That's not good for the GI in a dog, is it? No, I mean, we've got huge parasite problems. Giardia specifically, the stagnant waters also tend to attract mosquitoes. So we really need to think for our pet because they are animals first. We humanize them by doing all of the different things that we have. But we have to think for our pets and protect them from themselves. I love that. And last tip. Before we go, and I know the show goes by so fast, but people may want to put a cool, wet towel on a dog who's too hot. Please tell them about the sauna effect that may happen. People may not even realize they're actually worsening the situation, right? Well, as the water evaporates, it starts to get hotter underneath. All of a sudden, what you've done initially to cool them off now becomes heating them up. So just a sprayer, I mean, a, a, a spritzer, for lack of a better way to do it, is much better than a towel from that standpoint. You, you can use the towel to get the water off, but again, that water get, that gets trapped between their coat and their skin actually helps to cool them as well. I love it. Any last tip you want to share with our listeners? We've got less than a minute to go. I am so happy you could be on our show, Dr. Peter Weinstein. Well, thank you, Arden. My, my most significant tip is be smart. Be intelligent. Don't take risks with your pets. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to launch into our next guest. So you all know the drill. Sit, stay. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. Now, I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, for this part of the show, 
we're going to widen our scope and we're going to learn about the possum world of therapy pets. And here to discuss that is the president of Pet Partners. Please give pause and applause to Annie Peters. Welcome to the show, Annie. Thank you, Martin. It's really delightful to be here. <laughs> well, you know, we want people to know a little bit about you and about pet partners. And I'm just going to do it right now. I have a therapy dog. I have a therapy cat. But other pets may also be therapy if they're trained properly, correct? Yes, absolutely. Pet partners registers the largest number of species variety compared wow. to any other therapy animal organization. We actually registered nine. Oh, and then when I'm on the spot, this is when it's hard to remember all nine oh, of them. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Well, I don't need to sampling. write all the off just yet. Yeah. Well, give us a sample. You don't have to go all okay. nine. That's, we'll see. that's a lot of pressure. Uh, of course, dogs are our most popular. Cats, um, a lot of mini horses, though we do have a few full-size horses. Llamas, guinea wow. pigs, rabbits are sort of pocket pets, very popular being read to by um, children in schools. That's pigs, good. rats, and birds. We have some beautiful birds in our program. Wow. So the horses would be naysayers? <laughs> um, I had to get up earlier in the morning to be on your show. <laughs> but I like that because each species might have some uh, different uh, superpower, right? And years ago, I had a guinea pig named Fido. And uh, every time my dad tried to break his diet and go into the refrigerator, we would hear weak, weak, weak. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Fido would rat on my father. But I love that. I mean, what do you think about what does when you're talking about pet partners? Tell us a little bit, because I know years ago it was founded by a couple of veterinarians, I think, or gentlemen, and it was called the Delta Society. So pet partners has actually been around a long time. It has. Your knowledge is impeccable. So the organization was started in the late 70s by uh, three men, two veterinarians, and one of the gentlemen, uh, Dr. Bill McCulloch, who is still living, his brother, Michael, who was a psychiatrist. And wow. they founded it on what they saw in their professional practice, the belief that animals made us not just happier, but also healthier. But there was really, I would say, no body of research to speak of that actually supported what they had witnessed in practice. And oh, wow, that was the amazing. beginning of Delta Society. And the Delta was based on the one health model, so the triangle of people and animals and the environment. Over time, the Pet Partners or Delta Society's therapy animal program came online. It bore the name Pet Partners, became widely known and really kind of outclipsed and was easier to understand than Delta Society. So in 2012, the organization changed the name from Delta Society to Pet Partners. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Now, you've been on board as the president for how long? Um, eight and a half years. Best eight and a half years of my professional life. And before that, you were a short order cook or what did you do? <laughs> well, a long time ago, I started out my career in manufacturing management, believe it or not. And okay. through volunteer work, got into the world of nonprofits. I was about 29 or 30 and this was before Facebook. It was harder to keep in touch with folks. But all my friends from college were saying, I want to get in a nonprofit. How did you do it? Um, and it was through volunteer opportunity. Nice. So I've had a, a very nice career in nonprofit. It actually does matter to me that I get up every day and believe that I'm making the world a better place. 
And I've been very grateful for my experiences, most of all, my tenure at Pet Partners. And you also have a four-legger that keeps you smiling every day. And I know your dog is listening. For all you on YouTube uh, subscribers, thank you. Maybe she can pan down and show her favorite four-legger. Who, who is this special one? Let's see. Oh, can I get her with the light there? there? Got her. There we wakey, go. Wakey. <laughs> All right, tell us about your dog. <laughs> so that's Gidget. She's a rescue. She was picked up off of the streets of Arkansas, um, uh, made her way to New York, and then to me in the Pacific Northwest. And Wow. Gidget's a great um, talking point to talk about therapy animals in the sense of what's right for the animal. Because on one level, Gidget would make an excellent therapy animal. She not only loves a belly rub, but she wants eye contact. She'll seek it out, right? Some animals, it's very, it can be threatening to them or anxiety producing. They'll look away, they'll avert their eyes. She's like, rub my belly, but most of gaze into my eyes, look into my eyes. So, and most affectionate. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and feed me, right? Let's be honest, feed me. Um, but she's the most affectionate dog they've ever had. On the other hand, if she's in the kitchen and the ice cube falls out of the freezer, she would avoid their kitchen for a couple of days if she had the opportunity to do so. So she's very timid in that respect. And while we've worked to desensitize her, to make her comfortable in her environment, it would be unfair just because I'd like to be a therapy animal handler to put her constantly into new situations where it would create anxiety for her. So and that's I like that because that that brings up a good point. You may want to be involved with therapy programs. And as I've explained, I've had five pets be therapy, certified therapy pets, but I also had a number of pets. I'm like, mm, I don't think so. And that's okay. It's just like the soccer mom or the baseball yeah. dad. You 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 can't always have a pet forced into something. And can you talk about that? Because I think one of the um, hallmarks of your pet partner program is there's certain criteria, but you're in it to make sure it is something that both the pet and the pet parent feel at home doing, right? Absolutely. So, and it's hard, I think, for us to sometimes be the judge of our own pet's um, temperament and comfort level if it's something we want very badly, right? We would very much like to volunteer in this capacity. But we're really looking for animals that are at ease in new situations, love meeting new people, the kind of animal that kind of walks in the room and says, hey, I'm here. Let's get this party started. As opposed that's to one that's just is like, yeah, Pet Safety Cat I, Casey has never met a stranger or a strange place. He is yeah. just, hey. <laughs> well, and it, it, that's amazing, right? And it does take a very special cat, right? It's easier to find a dog that is willing to be the life of the party than it is to be a cat. But the cats are so valued in our program, especially, I would say, in nursing homes and assisted living facilities, because not everyone's a dog person, right? We have our cat lovers as well. So having an animal that just truly is comfortable in their role is where it it, it starts for safety and for the animal's well-being. I like that. So at Pep Partners, in order to become a registered team, you go through a role-play scenario and evaluation with one of our trained volunteers. And what we're looking for is we're looking for the relationship between you and your animal. Are you a team? Is the animal comfortable? And do they look to you for their cues? Because on any visit, something can happen, right? 
There can be yes. something in a hospital, a loud noise or an, um, a new scenario that might startle the animal. Well, what happens in that situation? Does the animal freak out or does the animal look up at you hard and go, yeah, mom, what was that? And you can give a reassuring. What the it's problem okay. is that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like you can just reassure. You can say, it's okay, Kona. Mom heard it. We're good. And Kona says, mom heard it. We're good. Let's go. So I like we're that. We're looking for because, that relationship. Uh, it's sort of what uh, dovetails into my role as fear-free pet certified professional. Mm -hmm. If you sound scared or baby talk or apologize, that that is being transferred to the end of the leash. And the dog's like, well, maybe I should be nervous. So I always encourage people to say things with confidence. Hey, I got gotcha. you. I'm here. And I like that. Everyone, we're speaking with Annie Peters. She's the top dog at uh, Pet Partners. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some things that are cooking at Pet Partners that you can get involved in. So everybody just sit and stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And now you never have to miss not even one second of any episode. Why? We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. <laughs> Bringing out the best in pets and their people, this is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Were you hanging out right here while we were gone waiting for us to get back? Yeah, you know how long that was in dog years, right? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I am digging having our special guest, Annie Peters of Pet Partners, on our show, learning a lot about what it takes to be a good therapy team. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned that cats are pretty good at nursing homes, senior centers. Casey's a hit at uh, a memory care center here in our area. Comes in in a pet stroller, wearing a cowboy hat, walks on a leash and does all these silly tricks. But what is it about smaller animals that maybe is their advantage as a therapy pet? Well, so much of it, I think, is a connection to your past, right? What animal and what pets did you have in your household? I mean, imagine living independently your entire life Cats were so important to you, part of your home, and you're essential to your well-being. And now you're spending the last few months or years of your life um, in a different residential setting. Good and point. You, you, don't have, you don't have the chance to, to spend time with a cat. Absolutely incredible, meaningful to have cats visit as well as our, our dogs. I like that. I like that. Now, you've got something cooking. What's going on with Pet Partners? You've got some big event. Can you talk to us about that? We do. We've got our second annual Pet of the Year event. It's a uh, fundraising competition for individuals and their animals who are just so proud of their pets and uh, want to share the word about how amazing their pet is and to help out pet partners and to help more therapy animals do good work in their community. We have 85 pets who are vying for the title right now. Wow. And, wow. Uh, some of the individuals... Um, we'll recruit other people. They'll form like a campaign team and a fundraising team to help them. Some of them go it alone. They uh, tap out their, their contacts and reach out to people who know them and who know their pet and who might also appreciate the important work that therapy animals do in their community. So it's a lot so of fun. Dogs? Are they mostly dogs or do you have any others, other species? 
We have a variety of species. So we have a lot of dogs, but we do have some cats and we have many of the candidates are therapy animal pet partner handlers. So we've got some of our birds and rabbit teams that are participating as well. But we do have some um, less traditional pets, let's say, Uh who aren't Uh registered with pet partners. So we do have a bearded dragon and we have a python who are competing for the title this year. Does the python have the song playing? I got a crush on you. I hope not. (laughs) You're quick. (laughs) But so how does how does somebody apply? Who picks the winners and when will they be announced? Yeah, great. All good questions. So you can self-nominate your pet or someone else can nominate your pet. Uh, The candidates have already uh, started with their fundraising. It's a six weeks fundraising competition. They started on February 1st. Um, Towards the end of the six week fundraising period, uh, the leaderboard, as we say, goes dark. So you don't really know up until the very end who the winner is going to be. But the winner will be announced in mid-March. We'll do a Facebook Live and have some fun with that as well. Um, They also get a great prize package, everything from a little stuffed animal, from cuddle clones um, to uh, 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 prestige, visibility for their pet, and uh, trading cards and all sorts of fun prizes that uh, will go along with the title. How do people apply and tell your website too, because we will put it on our site, but it always helps for people that are listening to our radio show now driving, give them something good for their ears. Sure. Easy peasy. www.petpartners.org. Got to make sure you get the .org right so that you come to us and not um, a for-profit organization that may have the same name. So petpartners.org. All over there, you'll find an opportunity. You can use the contact us form. You can still jump in if you want to nominate your pet. You won't have as long to fundraise, but everybody's welcome. So let us know, or you can go ahead and let us know you'd like to participate next year. Now, earlier in, uh, I think the fall, Pet Partners put on the world's longest dog walk. Is that right? Because I had a couple of your folks on my show. I got a shirt and my dog, Kona, who's sleeping right here. Wakey, wakey, Kona. Um, we did the walk and we loved it. So you do have other events during the year, right? That's great. And you're close. It's the world's largest pet walk because you can walk anywhere in the world. So we've had people participating in South America and Australia. So no matter where you are, you and your pet can sign up, register, get your T-shirt. We do have one day, the last Saturday in uh, September, when many people walk. But if that doesn't work your schedule, you can pick another day. It's great for company. Yeah, sure. It's great for companies, especially in this work from home environment um, where they have dispersed, geographically dispersed employees, but they're looking Mm -hmm. for some kind of an employee engagement activity that everyone can rally around. Now, there's many things that Pet Partners does, and and I salute you for all of them. What I wanted to dive in uh, before the end of the show is is talking about what's this Animal Assisted Crisis Response Program. I said it right, didn't I? You did say it right. So (laughs) the shorthand of AACR. So many of our teams go on to earn an additional credential, which means the handler has taken more education with us beyond what's required to become a registered therapy animal team. And these teams are available to be deployed in their community when there's either a natural disaster, it could be after a hurricane or a tornado or a mudslide, or tragically a man-made. 
We've had three days of an ice storm. Ice storm in Dallas. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And unfortunately, mm-hmm. those kind of natural disasters happen all too often. But the other part of where these teams are making a difference are in what let's call them man-made crisis situations. So after um, a school shooting and the children are returning to school, they will often request to have therapy animal teams on site to make it a more welcoming environment for the children to come back, but also so that the animals can spend time with school counselors, psychologists, or social workers and have an animal there to help them process their feelings. The power of the paw, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Our program is a little unique in that we call it Neighbors Helping Neighbors. So we don't believe it's in the animal's best interest to put them on a plane and fly them across country to somewhere where there's been a crisis. So one of the many attributes of uh, Pet Partners is that we have teams all around the United States. And we are looking, if we're called on, someone contacts us, they want teams to come out either after the disaster or um, sometimes it's a hospital. If a hospital has been besieged uh, by uh, patients after a mass shooting or fatalities, will come into the hospital as well. You're there serving your own community. So it's very important with an organization like Pet Partners being nationwide that we have that kind of breadth of reach. So you and your animal are helping someone locally and it's not additional stress for the animal. Well, having two therapy pets, I definitely want to look into that because I know Kona, my terrier mix is bulletproof and so is my cat, Casey. And I'm not wishing for bad things to happen in my neighborhood, but you know, there's something about our pets, right? Annie, that we're just tapping into all the healing powers emotionally and physically. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think all of us who, you know, I'm an extrovert living alone. So having gone through COVID, working from home, living alone, if it weren't for Gidget, I don't know what I would have done. So I could never begin to repay her for all of the joy and comfort that she's brought to me in my life. And I'm so grateful. So we've got just about 30 seconds left. What's a parting message you want to give to people tuning in or what's something surprising they may not know about Pet Partners? And everybody go to petpartners.org after the show. I would say if you have time to give back to your community, to volunteer, and you have a pet that you think is suited um, for this kind of volunteer work as well, check out petpartners.org because anyone who's done this kind of volunteer work or um, other volunteer work with their pet, whether it's search and rescue or agility work, this will deepen the bond that you have with your animal in a way that maybe you haven't anticipated. So that's maybe the surprise um, beneath all of this. There's a benefit to you as a handler as well, in addition to helping your community. I I totally agree. Hey, everybody, let's give pause and applause to Annie Peters of Pet Partners. I can't believe the show's almost, it's up, it's done. Hey, all you radio stations, thank you, thank you for airing our show. We keep growing in numbers. We appreciate that. And most of all, I appreciate you, Pet Pals, for tuning in. So until next time. This is Arden Moore having a message for all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Pause up! Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A pet.com. 
and by Dog TV, the first channel created to bring relaxing video and music for dogs. Online at dogtv.com. That's dogtv.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week.